we are back with the SDR confessions and we had Madison on today and we learned that you need to make sure that you have uh, your names right when you make your calls. And what do we talk about tactically, though? Because that's why you're listening in. Uh, it is a funny story. We did have a good laugh. But we also learned to make sure to pay attention to your details when you are doing your calls. Make sure that you're taking thoughtful notes so that you're not losing yourself in the process because we do not want that. And we also talked about ways to not be stressed out to t hold accountability to the things that you do and how you can learn from taking that accountability. So hopefully you'll enjoy this episode. I'll see you all soon. Hey everyone. So my name is Madison. I am currently an SDR at Cognizant. I started in April 2022. First sales job. So yeah, <laughs> still relatively new. Um, but yeah, it's definitely... Um, been a journey to get here so I've really enjoyed everything I've done so far and I've made a lot of new friends out of this whole this whole um business so yeah that's basically <laughs> what my kind of sales story so to speak and also as you can tell I'm South African but yeah that's basically me to I love team. it I love it and and this is uh this is interesting <laughs> because most people think that the South African accent sometimes can be the London accent and that that can be people are like, Oh, I think that's like, Nope, no, it's not. They're different. So I'm glad you clarified that because people could get yeah. lost real quick. Uh, and I start off as an SCR as well. So great place to start, but what we're here for is your confession. So Madison, walk us through your SDR confession. Well, I'm going to have a lot of people look at me and say, Madison, what were you thinking? <laughs> but, um, so basically, in a nutshell, what happened from um, the get-go was I had two different companies that I was kind of in conversations with. Um, and the two decision makers that I was chatting to from the one company was Mark Williams. And from the other company, there was Marcus Williams. So I'd spoken, I had spoken to Mark and Mark didn't want a demo, but he wanted me to reach out at a different stage. Then I had spoken to Marcus and he wanted a demo there and then as I was on the phone with him. But so obviously I went on, tried to book the meeting with him, sent it to his email. I was like, oh, okay, cool. You know, Mark Williams, there we go. Not kind of, you know, thinking anything of it. I wait like a couple of days, still no accept, uh, no, ex like mm -hmm. not accepting the invite, not getting back to me, not emailing ba me back. Every time I emailed him, I was like, hi, did you get my invite? Kind of following up with everything. Um, and then no response. So I was just like, okay, cool. I'm a non-attended meeting. This, this guy's ghosted me. You know, it happens. Then I go on to the invitation and I'm just like looking through everything. And I just realized I have sent the invitation to the guy who didn't want the demo. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I had mixed up the two names the whole entire time. So I'm busy emailing yeah. this guy who didn't want the demo at all. Meanwhile, the guy who wanted the demo is busy sitting there like, okay, where's my, where's, where's my invitation? I'm not <laughs> yeah, receiving it. <laughs> so eventually I ended up, you know, calling the right guy. I was like, I'm so sorry. I sent it to the wrong email, et cetera, et cetera. I ended up um, booking him in at the end, but that could have been an absolute disaster if the guy wasn't nice about it. So yeah, that's basically what happened. And the guy who didn't want the demo, even though he told me to follow up with him in the end, I tried to, but no response. And I can imagine why. <laughs> so 
Yeah. Wow. That's basically what happened wow. to me. That is an emotional roller coaster. Yeah. I don't know, I don't know about y'all, but I felt like went on an emotional roller coaster. Like, okay, I think we're gonna get this person, the wrong person, right? We're all over the place. Yeah. So there's a lot of things to learn from that. I think the first thing is attention to detail, right? Making sure that okay, like, is the person I'm reaching out to is that correct? Taking the right notes. So I'm curious on your perspective since this whole roller coaster you went through. What have you learned about attention to detail? Have you changed your process since then? Yes, definitely. So um, my process kind of, so basically beforehand, we had like these cadences um, that we would obviously put prospects into and things like that. When I was very, so I think this happened in, I think it was August last year. So um, yeah, basically at that stage, I was kind of just looking for a volume of meetings. So I was kind of going through my prospect list and just calling all random numbers, seeing like who I could speak to, who I could get a conversation with. Um, and that's basically how my process was, was going. So it was very disorganized, very, you know, kind of getting through a volume of calls mm. rather than um, getting quality. So um from then on, I started using my cadences more often and re realizing kind of the importance of it because the cadences are what keep track of who you're speaking to, when you're speaking to them, what company they're from, instead of just calling a bunch of mobiles. So I would say definitely cadences. So like, let's say using outreach or yep. sales loft, the cadences are probably the most important part out of all of that. Yeah. And, and within that, you, you have these cadences, you've set it up a certain way. How have you made sure to like make sure you complete your task within those cadences as well and not feel rushed? I feel like a lot. I mean, I've done this as well when I was an SDR. I'm like, oh, I have 60 emails to send out. Let me just rush through it. How do you make sure that you're being more thoughtful? <laughs> oh, yeah, we all have. How have you been make sure that you're more thoughtful? <laughs> yeah. So um, the thing about cadences is that especially the ones that, that we use. So obviously there's like, you know, ones that you can personalize more than um than like the more generic mm -hmm. ones so there was a separate cadences like for example um a sales leader cadence where it had a, just a basic kind of email um but we've kind of we've kind of introduced these other cadences that have more personalized emails so even though you have like 60 emails to send out it's not as generic because there's a lot of filling in to do so i would say definitely it depends on the structure of the email and making the emails more personal um, instead of just having one generic email you sending out to everyone, because if you're personalizing the email more often, you are paying much more attention to the prospect and their business and what their needs mm. are and what their wants are. No, it does. Sense. It does. I think, I think what's important is that you're finding a process to personalize without it overwhelming you. I think a lot of people when they think about personalizing, it's yeah. like, okay, this is going to take a lot of time. I got a lot of things I got to go do. Like it becomes, it becomes like ultimately very overwhelming for that person. And so I like the way that you have that fleshed out and it kind of goes into like the next piece, which is you, okay, now you have a process, you have your things in order. You also said that, Hey, throughout this all mistake, you, you, you took accountability on that. So how important is it to take accountability for the mistakes you make as an SDR? We all are human. We've all made mistakes across the board, but how have you made sure to do that as well? Yeah. So my manager knows a lot about this one. <laughs> but, um, so most, I, the thing about me is I'm a perfectionist, especially when it comes to, you know, making mistakes and stuff like that. I don't really take it lightly. Um, I immediately go to my performance and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm terrible at my job. I made this mistake, I made that mistake, whatever. 
And then my manager will come to me and be like, look, it happens. You know, you made a mistake, whatever, you move on from it. Um, so I feel like he helped me a lot in that department to take kind of, I would take accountability, but I would take accountability to the point where I would actually drag myself down and drag my confidence down because of one mistake I'd made. So I think regardless of taking accountability, I think the important thing is to take accountability, but like learn from it and then move on instead of just saying, okay, I'm terrible at my job. I'm going to give up type of thing. So <laughs> um, that's literally the mindset of, being an SDR, I mean, there's certain people like, for example, me, who I was like new to sales mm. at the beginning. And, I, you know, like, for example, when you were in school, you'd, you'd make a mistake and it would affect your grades and then it would affect your future yep. and then it would affect this and that. But the thing about sales is that if you make a mistake, it's not going to affect absolutely everything. Every single day is different. So if you make one mistake, you learn the lesson, you move on, try not to do it again type of thing. So I would say take accountability for the mistake but don't drag yourself down about it and you know destroy your confidence in the job yeah. as a whole let's 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 go more into that how do you make sure to not drag it down for you i would say it's just like it was it's a mindset mm. really i mean it all it also all depends on I mean, obviously, you know, your managers and your peers and stuff are going to lift you up and yeah. hype you up and say, you know, don't drag yourself down type of thing. But you're the only one that needs to make that mindset and make that kind of mental note that not every single mistake you make is is going to be the end of the world. I mean, none of them are actually. So I think it's all about mindset and all about, you know, if you are doing the right things, if you are, you know, getting your tasks done, if you are um, learning from the mistakes you're making, if you're doing everything you can to kind of overcome all the downfalls you have, then there's nothing really to um, drag yourself down about because you're trying your best in every single aspect. Um, so I would say as long as you're doing everything and you're committed to your job and you're doing everything that you're supposed to and you make fun out of like you have mm. fun with it then i would definitely say there's no point in dragging yourself down because you're trying your best what else can you do um and obviously the job's not for everyone no. but <laughs> it's definitely not you know you grow you i didn't know at the beginning to yep. be fair but i grew a really thick skin from it and now i i can't think of a single day i haven't enjoyed yeah. it so it takes it takes time and lessons and learning and everything. I mean, take it from someone who started from scratch. Um, but you grow a thick skin, you learn along the way, and there's definitely light at the end of every single mistake or hiccup you may have in yeah. the job. Yeah, no, I, and I... I was expecting to say like, well, you know, I meditate at the end of the day and I, and I laugh, <laughs> fan everything out. But, but no, everyone, everyone's <laughs> to be fair, I just nap. I just nap. I just go to sleep. I'm like, tomorrow's another day. I go to sleep. I wake up with a fresh mind and that's I, it. No, I think I, and I, I like that because I think everyone has a different way of doing that and moving past like, okay, I made a mistake. I can move on. And to your point, I tell people that all the time, like if you make a mistake as an SDR, like no one is coming to your house and being like, Hey, you know what? Like you made a mistake. Like you gotta go, <laughs> you're not able to be here anymore. Like you learn from yep. those mistakes. And I think it's absolutely critical, which kind of leads into our next point because you were following up with this person and they weren't engaging 
right? They weren't responding. So there could have been like certain things that we could have done here to get them respond earlier. So now that you look back at the scenario, you've been in the role for a while. Are there things that you do that you could share with other SDRs that are listening in on what type of emails are you do? Are you writing to get people to respond when maybe they're not the right person or they're just not responding at all? Mm. So I actually took a bit of a risk um, like a couple Uh-oh. of months ago and I got a really good response from it. <laughs> and um, I think I was on LinkedIn and I, I like took inspiration from from someone. I can't I can't remember who it was, but I saw someone about talking about emails and um, stuff like that. First of all, I mean, when I'm on a call, the accent does the work. If I'm being completely honest, but um, I'm, be, I'm, I'm being like completely honest, and it's all about tonality yep. on a call. Um, but with regards to emails, for example, so I think finding a structure of an email that completely suits you and gets you the best respond rate is definitely the way to go. In my case, um, I wrote a personalized email like a couple of months ago and I've been using it ever since. Um, I research the company and I see who their competitor is. And then if their competitor is a client of ours, that's that's yeah. even better because then you can, you know, could, could draw from that and say how they are benefiting and how their competitor is benefiting and therefore they can benefit from it type of thing. Um, so I search who the competitor is and then kind of put it in the title of the mm. email. So I'll say um, something about uh, the person that I'm reaching out to and the competitor in in the subject line. So that kind of catches mm. the decision maker's attention because they're like, why are they mentioning my competitor with yeah. my name? That'll make them click into it. And then in the body of the email, I'll say something about the company that I'm reaching out to. I know that ABC company um, has a better something than DFG, whatever. So I'll say, I don't know if this is making sense, but how their company differs from their competitor Mm -hmm. and how they have a benefit over their competitor. So what they do better than their competitor. Um, That also catches their attention. They're like, okay, cool. Yeah, we do do that better than our Mm -hmm. competitor. And then kind of go into the body and say, for example, um, however, your competitor is doing this and they are generating more business through this. And then kind of wiggle my way into how Cognizant can fit into their processes and make them do just as good as the competitor. It's a different way of structuring it. But um, that was one of the emails that I got the best response rate with because people see their competitor's name. They're like, okay, caught my attention. What's going on here? Um, And I think the most important thing is getting them to open it and read it. And then if they've done that and there's no use case, then fair enough. But I mean, if they've read that by the end and there's apps and there's interest, there you go. You got yourself a meeting. I love, so. I know. I love that. So some, some clarifying questions so people can follow along and do this tactic. So one thing you mentioned was it's, mm. so it's not your competitor, it's their competitor to clarify that. And then, yeah. And then, yeah. So it's their competitor. Okay. And then if it's their competitor, are they using Cognizant already or you're like just, it would be great. Okay. 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 <laughs> if okay. they were, if they were using Cognizant, that would be okay. fab. However, um, we do have a lot of information on companies. So like I'll do research into the competitor, 
what tools their competitors using and then kind of structure it in such a way that I can kind of differentiate what their competitor is doing better at than them. It does take a lot of research, but I think my response rate's literally been like 100% the entire 100%. time. 100%. Hey, look. Um, <laughs> also, on the side, memes. I mean, memes and GIFs, best response rate ever. How do you make sure – how do you make sure yeah. you're – how do you – how do you decide which means or gifts or gifs you're sending? I feel like that could be amazing or it could be like a disaster if you send something that's like, whoa, like mm. I'm so curious on this. Yeah. I I actually have a generic gif that that I send out and it, majority of the time it does get me a response. I don't know if you've ever watched Mr. Bean. I have. But, <laughs> and the have you have you watched the movie? I haven't watched the movie. I've just watched like the the sh- the shorts like yeah. a couple of the shows, yeah. Yeah, so basically Mr. Bean's quite like, you know, generic uh, British comedy mm-hmm. that's all over the world. I mean, I used to watch it in South Africa. So I'll like send a voice note on LinkedIn because obviously it's mm-hmm. more personable. Most of the time I'll use memes and GIFs on, on LinkedIn um, as well as in an email. But I'll send a voice note on LinkedIn and then if they kind of, if they read it or they don't reply within a couple of days, I'll send a GIF, which is Mr. Bean standing on a freeway, looking at his watch, like checking mm. the time, like <laughs> you know, looking fun. around type of thing. <laughs> yeah. So I send that and I actually got a really good response rate the one time, the one guy replied and he was like oh my gosh the mr bean gif was such a nice touch because my nickname in the office is actually oh, mr bean <laughs> i was like i was like wow what are the chances <laughs> so worked out in my favor and then um in the other memes and like emails and stuff i've got an email that has like a kitten in a mask like a lion mm. mask and then an actual lion picture. And then it's like your data w- without cognizant, your data with cognizant. And it's like the lion <laughs> and the kitten. And <laughs> that get that gets quite a good response rate I, as well. I love that. So hopefully y'all wrote that down. You got you got a competitor email. <laughs> you got some gifts or gifs or whatever you like to call it. And you got some memes. So incredible, yeah. incredible yeah. insight. Uh, has this ever gone bad for you before I move into like the final parts of this whole entire thing? I did have one kind of tactic that I tried to use the one time um, that one of my SDRs in the office, you know, kind of suggested as a way to reach out. Um, And it was going onto the company's website and like kind of doing some computer um, wizard stuff and editing the web page to make it say something. So for example, hey, Sean, want your SDRs to make more cold calls? Um, let's chat, whatever, putting that on the website. So like editing the website to make it look like whatever. And then sending the picture through LinkedIn and saying, Hey, Sean, something looks off with your website. And then send that through. And then on the website, it says, once you ask Jaws cold, call often, give me the, give them the pitch in the picture. So I tried that the one time and (laughs) I sent it to this one, this one man, Uh-oh. and <laughs> he replies. I almost had a lawsuit against me. He was like, "How dare you? This must be illegal somehow. Um, how, like, don't use our hard work websites as a way to pitch." Da, 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 da. Like, full on went off at me. 
And I was just like, whoops, I shouldn't have, shouldn't have done that. He like, it, it was, it was bad. So I ended up just replying. I was like, I'm so sorry. I was just trying to create, like try a unique way of reaching yep. out. Um, I do apologize, whatever. I never responded and blocked me on LinkedIn. So. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> people, people do get, I just said, you try to be creative and then they're like, well, that's too creative. Stop. It's so, Hey, don't everyone. So now everyone knows yeah. what not to do. Like, well, right. <laughs> uh, yeah. so it's, yeah. yeah, go ahead. Mm, um, I mean, it did get a few good responses like the SDR who kind of suggested mm. to us to try. Um, he got a really good response with it. He was like, Oh my gosh, so clever. Let's book a meeting. And then it just went wrong for me. So I guess it completely depends on the type of person. It's kind of like, it's like, it's like you, it's hit or miss situation because yep. it completely depends on the person you're working with. They could be, you know, horrible and mean, or they could be, oh my gosh, that's so yep. clever. Greatest thing I've ever seen. Let's yeah, do you it. don't know. That's why it's important to test, which leads into yeah. something you mentioned earlier, because I'm curious, you're doing things that are out of the box creative, but you also said that you were a perfectionist. So how did you get past being a perfectionist and doing these certain tactics? Because a lot of people out here probably are like, well, it has to be perfect. And a lot of these are like, oh, whatever, we'll see if it works. So how did you get past that? Well, I think the thing is, is that like when I was doing generic things, um, because I was like, okay, cool, you know, this probably works. Let me just stick to this. It, it'll work perfectly type of thing. Um, when I wasn't getting responses and I wasn't getting meetings, I had to look at it and I would say, okay, why am I not getting responses? Why am I not getting meetings? It's because I'm probably not thinking out the box and I'm just think, like sending through generic things. So I think it's more of a fact that being a perfectionist kind of helped in that situation because although I was happy with what I was doing, it wasn't working yep. perfectly. So um, I kind of had to look and I'd say, okay, let me try this. Like I tried the whole website scenario and that guy basically <laughs> wanted to sue me. Um, I had to look at that and I was like, okay, that didn't work. Never did yeah. it again. So I guess it's kind of, you know, trial and error. You, you stick to what works and then, I mean, what's good for you, what you're good at. And for me, if I get a bad response, like, five percent of the time but get a good response 95 percent yeah. of the time i'll just keep that process in place because i mean chances are that five percent that were being horrible are just moody people yeah. and have yeah. a bad day <laughs> so yeah. I understand. you're dealing with people right yeah. i always tell people that and you're absolutely spot mm -hmm. on like sometimes you're going to catch someone in a good mood sometimes you might catch them in a bad mood sometimes that has nothing to do with the technique that you did right it's just a part of the game so uh that is something that everyone yeah definitely needs to know. So we appreciate your confessions also on the perfection side, your mini confession, but this is the last question here in the interview, which is if you were to provide some practical advice for all the other SDRs out there, SDRs out there, especially ones that are just starting out, what would it be? Um, kind of coming off what we said, I would say be as creative as you possibly can with your outreach and have fun with it so because you know it is obviously a job but i mean it's it's there's no point in in being in sales mm. if you don't enjoy it so do it in a way that you can enjoy it in the most creative way that you possibly can and if you start getting good responses from one sort of process that you enjoy doing just stick to that and carry it out and then you'll 
end up being really successful. Awesome. Well, Madison, thanks so much for spending time uh, with me today, sharing your confessions. Is there any lasting shout outs or anything you want to say before we get out of here? Um, I would definitely love to shout out I know, Cognizant, I <laughs> only because I, I know, only because um, obviously they were my first sales job. I didn't go to university and went straight into sales, and um, they've taught me everything that I know. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't be sitting here today if it wasn't, it wasn't for this company. So I'd love to shout out them and Dave, our sales director. He's lovely. Um, and yeah, if you guys need contact data, let me know. Awesome. Well, Madison, <laughs> again, thank you so much. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode. You took some notes. I know that I learned a couple of things, new things as well, and I will see you all next time.